Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back in better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, what a day. Oh, what a day this is going to be. I don't know if I can do it in two hours. I think I need more than two hours. Because the jam-packed guest list is going to be outstanding, including Ryan Tannehill. He just might be the MVP of the league this year, or he might not even be the MVP of his own team. He'll be with us in our second hour today, my guest on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And coming up shortly will be you, because you know what Mondays mean on this show. They mean your hot takes. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. Dial it up right now with your hot takes. I want them red hot. I'm going to give you my top five hot takes coming out of yesterday in the NFL, and then I'm going to want yours. Give me your hot takes coming off a football Sunday, 888-SAY-ESPN. Your calls are just a few minutes away. But I will begin by saying congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, what a fascinating baseball year it has been after an unprecedented 60-game regular season and then an unprecedented 16-team postseason. Wouldn't you know that what is supposed to be the most unpredictable of all playoffs, the baseball playoffs, wind up with the top seeds making it to the World Series. The Rays have been waiting, and now they know they'll be playing the Dodgers beginning tomorrow night. And either way, a little bit of history is going to be made. Here is today's fascinating stat. Whichever way this goes, something very unusual will happen. Should the Dodgers win the World Series, it will be the third time that a city has won both the baseball and basketball championships in the same calendar year. L.A. has done it twice before. They did it in 88, Lakers and Dodgers. They did it in 2002. Yes, we're including the Angels, Angels and Lakers. If the Rays win the World Series, it will be the third time that a city has won both the baseball and hockey championships in the same calendar year. New York City is the only city where that has ever happened before, 1933 and 1928. So either way, some history is going to be made as we get to the World Series, and we'll certainly have plenty of time to look ahead to that. Oh, by the way, I'm just looking at Tampa. I know that the next Super Bowl is not being played in this calendar year, but the next champion in sequence could easily wind up being Tampa. So what a year that could wind up being. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, But if the Lightning should win, and then the Rays should win, and then, oh, by the way, Tampa Tom and the Bucks should win, that would constitute one of the great years any sports city has ever had. But Jessica Mendoza doesn't expect it to go that way. I had her live with you this morning on Get Up. She's taken the Dodgers to win the World Series, and here's why. I like their offense of what they can do. Tampa Bay, we've heard about the pitching. It is. It's legit. It's real. But the thing about the Dodgers, they can score in a multitude of ways. It's not just the home run. Tampa Bay Rays, you take away Randy Rosarena, by the way, the Tampa Bay Rays hit 183 in the championship series. They relied so much on Randy Rosarena and the long ball. They don't have as diverse of an offense. you got to think about when they're going against the big pitchers of Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, how can they score runs if it's not the long ball? The Dodgers have that answer. They can do it. Yes, they hit bombs, but they can also get on with base hits and stolen bases. So Jess Mendoza likes the Dodgers. I do too. They've been the team... I think to beat from the very beginning, the Rays have had an extraordinary year. Let's see what happens. That'll start tomorrow night, and we're looking forward to it. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. 
Okay, more baseball as we go. Bubba, give me a little football music, and let's start the hot takes here. I've got mine ordered five through one. Bubba, let's hit it. Number five. My number five hot take for today is Ron Rivera did us all a favor. Did you see how that game ended yesterday? The terrible Washington football team and the even more terrible New York football giants. Ron Rivera could have kicked an extra point at the end of regulation yesterday that would have sent that game to overtime. But he recognized that the last thing in the world anybody wanted was more of that game. The last thing in the world anyone wanted to see was more football from those two teams. So Ron Rivera can say whatever he wants. I will always believe he was doing the American football fan a favor by going for the two. They were either going to win it or they were going to lose it. But either way, we were not going to be subjected to more of it. So for that, I say thank you to Ron Rivera, even if it wound up costing them the game. Bubba, next. Number four. All right, now let's get serious. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in the AFC. I've been saying that since August. And here's why. The only thing I was waiting to see was, how is Roethlisberger's elbow? Doing just fine, thank you very much. And what I didn't know was that they were going to do what the Steelers generally tend to do, and that is develop a receiver into one of the best in the league. I was wondering, do they have a number two to go alongside Juju? As it turns out, Juju Smith-Schuster is their number two. Chase Claypool is a stud. You see the size of that guy? There's no fluke here. Yes, he burst onto the scene with a four-touchdown performance last week, and the world didn't know his name. Well, it does now. Chase Claypool is a stud. But more to the point, that defense is legit, and it is the reason that I like them better than Kansas City. It is the reason that Really, the only team that compares with them right now in the AFC is Tennessee. Baltimore doesn't look any good. Baltimore's offense is a mess. I know they don't lose games, but their offense doesn't look comfortable at all. They need to just live with what they are, which is that Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic threat in the sport. Just do it. The Steelers have balance. The Steelers have everything, and they have a Super Bowl coach, and they have a Super Bowl quarterback. The Pittsburgh Steelers right now are the best team in the AFC. And if you think they can't win the Super Bowl this year, you're not paying attention. They will play Tennessee this coming weekend in what shapes up to be the best game so far of the early season. And again, I will have Ryan Tannehill live in our second hour. We'll talk about that matchup. Again, the best matchup of the upcoming Week 7. But the Steelers, my hot take, the Steelers are the best team in the AFC. Bubba next. Number three. The Chicago Bears are absolutely a contender. And every golfer will know exactly what I mean when I say this. We don't draw a picture of it. We just write a number down. For those of you who aren't golfers, I will explain. If you are standing on the tee and you hit a drive as bad as you possibly can, you hook it directly to the left and it hits a tree and it hits the tree in exactly such a way that it bounces directly back into the fairway. And there in the fairway, it hits a sprinkler head. And it hits that sprinkler head in such a way that it kicks it directly forward so that it becomes one of the great shots in the history of the sport. And you wind up on the green and you make the putt for an eagle. Someone in the group will say, we're not going to draw a picture of it. We're just going to write the number down. The Chicago Bears are 5-1. and one. We're not going to draw a picture of the way they've been winning. They're 5-1. and one. And to quote the great Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. 
They also have as good a defense as any of the contenders in the NFC. And they have an offense that is going to get better. I understand it looks hideous to watch. I understand generally they've built this record against bad competition. But you watch them play and you tell me who it is they can't play with. Because that defense is getting fired up. And they're getting pressure with four. And there's no team in the NFL that doesn't pose a threat if they can get pressure without having to bring extra people. And the Bears can do that. And Nick Foles is one thing. And that one thing has made him a legend. He is streaky. When he hits that streak, and he hasn't, because right now their offense is excruciating to watch. But when he hits that streak, they will go on a run. They're already 5-1. and one. They will go on a stretch where he plays great, and they will win four games in a row. And so you do the math. That's a minimum of nine wins this season. They'll find one or two more someplace. That team's going to win 10 or 11 games this year if everything goes wrong. They are definitively a contender in the NFC, and they have a championship defense with a quarterback who's done it before. So my hot take number three is we're not going to draw a picture of it. We're just going to write it down. The Chicago Bears are 5-1, and one, and they are definitively a contender in the NFC. Baba next. Number two. The NFC East is the worst division in the history of football. If you could give both the Giants and the Washingtons a loss yesterday, I would have. That game hurt my eyes to watch. If they had been playing that game in my backyard, I would have shut the drapes to make sure I didn't see any of it by accident. Then the Eagles got blown out by the Ravens, came all the way back and almost tied it, which candidly told me more about the Ravens than it did about the Eagles. And the Cowboys play tonight, a game in which they might give up 100 points to Arizona. If the Cowboys lose tonight, we will have played six weeks of football and the NFC East will have a total of five wins. Five wins in six weeks for a division. Five wins and a tie. The Dallas Cowboys would own sole possession of first place at 2-4. and four. Do you realize the New York Giants, on the basis of that win yesterday, will be one game out of first if the Cowboys lose tonight? The Giants might be as bad as any team you've ever seen. And they might be in one game out of first if the Cowboys lose tonight, which they will. The NFC East is the worst. I needed to get some research done on this. I'll talk to Hembo from Get Up, and, and we'll get some research done on this. Or Guys, what is the worst? What is generally considered by winning percentage? Well, that's not even generally considered. What is, by winning percentage, the worst division in history? Because how could you be worse than this division is right now? What is the over-under on how many games the champion of that division will win? Could the Eagles win it at 5-10-1? and one? Is that possible? They're 1-4-1, and one, and they're right in it. They'll be a half a game out of first if the Cowboys lose tonight. So that is the worst division in history. That's my hot take number two. Bubba, let's finish it off. Number one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are what I said they'd eventually be. They're the best team in the NFL and the likeliest team to win the Super Bowl. I'll say it again. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the likeliest team to win the Super Bowl because of all of the contenders in the NFC. They have the best defense and it's not 
even close. Their defense might actually be better than the Bears' defense, and their quarterback is Tom Brady. I know Nick Foles beat him in a Super Bowl once, but let's not get crazy. The Bucks have weapons all over the field, and they have a genuinely great defense led by a great defensive coach. And what they did yesterday to Aaron Rodgers was serve notice. Yes, there are still growing pains. The scariest thing about the Buccaneers is that they will get better as it goes on because they're still figuring out each other's names. But they serve notice. Their defense is legit. And Brady's not going to have too many days where he doesn't know what down it is. You can have as much fun as you want with Brady not knowing what down it was. I'm here to tell you, Tom Brady won't have too many more days like that. And if that group gets healthy and stays healthy, relatively speaking, on the offensive side, Rojo, Fournette, Evans, Godwin, they're a force to be reckoned with. So my number one hot take is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now are the likeliest team in the National Football League to win the Super Bowl. Those are my hot takes here on ESPN Radio with Greeny. Now it is time for yours. I'm inviting you to be a part of Greeny Nation right now on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. The phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. Time for your hot takes. I want to hear your takes coming out of yesterday in the NFL. And ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Greeny with you. Time for your hot takes. Bubba, who's first? First up, we got Mike, New Jersey. Go, Mike. What's up, Greeny? I think Clemson beat our Jets easy. Oh, that's not even close. Uh, what, what, what do we think the, a reasonable spread on that game would be? What would a reasonable point spread be on Clemson against the Jets? Clemson minus three and a half? I mean, maybe it depends on where the game is played. If it's played in Death Valley, the Jets might lose that game by two touchdowns. Everyone thinks we're kidding. If you think we're kidding, you're not watching the Jets play football. I posted this on Twitter yesterday. I've been watching football all my life. I've seen a lot of terrible teams. I saw the Lions go 0-16. I saw the Browns go 0-16. The terrible Browns of whatever that was three years ago or four years ago that went 0-16 would have wiped the floor with these Jets. The Jets are unimaginably bad. They're trading off pieces. They're shamelessly tanking now, which I suppose they have nothing better than to do. They're keeping their coach, even though he's obviously the worst coach you've ever seen. I've never seen anyone do anything worse than Adam Gase has coached this team. So, I, I, you know what, Mike? I hate to say it, but I'm with you. I think that if that game was being played on a neutral field, I'll go Clemson minus four. Bubba, who's next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? Let's go to Florida. We got Zach. Go ahead, Zach. Hey, Greeny. Um, I'm calling just to let you know if the Jaguars win two more games this season, Doug Marone and Todd Wash will both keep their jobs, which is absolutely shameless from the Jaguars organization. Why do you say it that way? Why, why, why will they keep their jobs? Because you're, you're telling me 4-12 and 12 will keep their jobs? Uh they, they have faith in Minshew. They're not willing to tank for Trevor Lawrence because they've given Minshew the franchise. Basically, they're, they're uh, saying that he's QB1. 
And I just don't think that the owners of the Jaguars have enough interest in being the owners of the Jaguars to take what the fans are wanting, which is new coaching from a defensive standpoint and a head coaching position. Because Jay Gruden's doing fantastically well despite the rookie pieces that he has, but the defense is consistently blowing games for this team. And I just don't think anything's going to be done about it. All right, fair enough. Look, I mean, the Jaguars are a team going into the season we thought was tanking. They were trading away pieces. They weren't doing anything obvious to try and improve the team. And we thought they were tanking for Trevor. They have no chance of doing it. The second any team wins a game this year, they're out of the sweepstakes. The Jets aren't going to beat anybody. There's no, I can't foresee any circumstances under which the Jets win a game. So it's going to take 0-16, and the Jets are the only team left who could do it, to get Trevor Lawrence. So at this point, if you're the Jaguars, you might as well try and win. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Who is next, Bubba, on the Dr. Pepper call-in line with a hot take? Yep, let's head to New Orleans. We got Tim. Go ahead, Tim. Go, Tim. Not only will Tampa Bay not win the division, but they won't make the playoffs. You're out of your mind. I mean, I like the hot take. Tim, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the call, and I appreciate the take, and it is hot. It's smoldering. It's scalding. But I guess I would ask, are you watching? Are you watching them play? Did you see what their defense did yesterday to Aaron Rodgers? Let me repeat, Aaron Rodgers, through four games this season, had the highest QBR of any quarterback in NFL history or since they've been keeping that metric, which is 15 years. He was playing better than any quarterback ever had, and the Packers had an extra week. They were coming off a bye, and they destroyed him. They destroyed the Packers. They made an offense we were talking about like it was unstoppable look very stoppable. They had the only one of the three pick sixes Aaron Rodgers has ever thrown in his life. And then they intercepted him again. And then Brady got hot. And the Packers didn't mount anything that looked like a charge at it in the second half. So I appreciate the call. I appreciate the boldness. I appreciate the heat of the take. But boy, I couldn't disagree with it more. Bubba, we got time for one more. On the Dr. Pepper call in line, who's our next hot take? Yep, we got Craig in Miami. Go, Craig. Hey, how's it going? All right, so I know there's the Adam Gaze versus Brian Flores record going around, but um, I'll say Brian Flores has a longer tenure or comparable tenure to Tom Lynn in the in Pittsburgh. A com- you're saying he is going to have a tenure comparable to Tomlin in Pittsburgh. I love the take. See, that's a great take. You believe in the coach. A lot of that is going to have to do with how good the quarterback is. But listen, I am with you on Brian Flores. I was sold on that guy last year. At a time when everyone in the world thought they were tanking, including me, at a time when the world had written them off and they started that season, they looked as bad as the Jets look now. He pulled them together. They kept playing hard. What they win last year? I think five games, and it should have been at least one more. They got one terrible call in a game that cost them at least one more win. And yeah, they're playing well now. Now the question is going to be, when they eventually give the ball to Tua, what's he going to be and what are they going to be? Good for him. He got into the game yesterday. You might have seen that awesome picture of him sitting on the 15-yard line, calling his parents so that he could share that moment with them. So good for him. But eventually, he becomes the quarterback, and what will they be? But yes, the key to success in the NFL, you look at what the Steelers have done. They put people in place, they believe in them, and they stay with them through the bad times. And that's why the Steelers have only had three coaches since 1969. And it's why they are the preeminent franchise in the sport. 
Thank you all for the calls. I appreciate it very much. The takes today were excellent. We'll try and do some more a little later. Again, I have Ryan, and Ta- uh, Ryan Tannehill coming up a little later. I have Dan Orlovsky coming up a little later and a whole lot more. But coming up next, we've talked about some of the biggest winners of the day. The biggest loser of the day in the NFL yesterday was easy to identify. And I'm not talking about the Jets. I'm talking about someone who once was the first pick in the draft. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Man, that was varsity ball today. Handed off to Claypool, headed for the pylon, touchdown Steelers. Uh, it was necessary to slow down a, a dangerous uh, Browns attack. Oh, it's officially an absolute blowout now at Heinz Field. I told you on Friday the most important game of the NFL weekend was Steelers-Browns. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And it was the most important game in the NFL career of Baker Mayfield. And if that was a test, there's no nice way to say it. He failed miserably. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. There's no question who had the worst day of any player in the NFL yesterday. That player was Baker Mayfield. In fact, that game felt a little bit like the beginning of the end of something. Baker Mayfield, as we all know, was in the third year of his contract. And at the end of this season, the Browns have to make a decision on whether or not they want to pick up his fifth-year option. And yesterday felt very much like a day where the organization says, it's time to start figuring out who the quarterback is going to be when we try to win a championship. I take the opposite of pleasure in saying this. I like Baker Mayfield. I wanted him to be good. I actually, when they were falling apart around him that first year when he was a rookie, I remember I said something on Twitter that made so many people mad at me in Cleveland when I said, I think that the kid is magic. And that, that, the, that he should get out of Cleveland because they're so bad. Well, it turns out I was wrong. That's gone in the opposite direction. They won four games in a row in spite of their quarterback. If you talk to any of the people who analyze this sport, and I have them on my show every morning on TV on Get Up, they talk about how brilliantly Kevin Stefanski, the new head coach, has sort of hidden his quarterback. Play action. Get him outside the pocket. 
Because when he does the things that quarterbacks have to do in the National Football League to carry their teams to championships or to anything of consequence, he just can't. He just can't. Dan Orlovsky did a great job this morning breaking down the shortcomings of Baker Mayfield. He doesn't see the defense. And I don't mean that literally because he's small. I mean it figuratively. He got fooled on his second pass of the game. He actually got fooled on his first, and the Steelers picked up on it. And so they went to a little trick thing on their defensive side, and they tricked him right into a pick six. And that game was over before it started. Six minutes in yesterday at Heinz Field, that game was over. And the Pittsburgh Steelers continue to be the hammer. And the Cleveland Browns continue to be the nail. And the biggest reason yesterday is because the Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger and the Browns don't. I'd like to see that game again if the Browns had different quarterback play. Because they're not as bad. They're not 31 points worse than the Steelers. What a terrible loss that is. What a terrible day that is. Now, here's what I just took a quick look at. The Browns schedule the rest of the way. Because they have to remind themselves they're 4-2. and two. They get Cincinnati this week. They should win that game. Then they get the Raiders, then a bye. Then they get Houston, who only has one win. The Eagles, who only have one win. Jacksonville, who only has one win. They have plenty of time. That gets you into December. So they have plenty of time to get this thing going in the right direction. And Mayfield is going to be their quarterback. I can't picture Stefanski going to Keenum. I can't picture it. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it would have to get much, much worse. But I do think that if you're looking big picture, that for a guy who was the first pick in the draft, that was a really bad day. That felt like the worst day that anyone had in the NFL yesterday. It did feel like it could be the beginning of the end for him in Cleveland. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Actually, Rex made an interesting observation about that on TV this morning. Just look at that draft. Look at the quarterbacks and the order in which they were selected. In that draft, Baker Mayfield went first, Sam Darnold went second. Josh Allen went third amongst those quarterbacks. Look at the way Allen is playing now. Then came Josh Rosen, and then Lamar Jackson came all the way at the end. So much of it is about the organization. So much of it is about where you go. But those excuses don't count for Baker now. So again, he's got time to turn this around. But yesterday, he got dominated. Dominated. I know his ribs were bothering him before the game started. If you're playing, no one wants to hear it. So that was a bad day. To me, there were a lot of really good days for people in the NFL yesterday, and the one, the most on the opposite side of that belonged, unfortunately, to Baker Mayfield. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Some other things I want you to hear. I'll get back to the RC stuff a little later, guys, but let's get to some of these other games. Here's Nick Foles, Bears quarterback. I told you, we don't draw a picture of it in golf. We just write the number down. So don't draw a picture of how good or bad the Bears are. They're 5-1. and one. That's all that matters. Here's their quarterback, Nick Foles, on winning ugly. Would you rather uh, lose pretty or win ugly? I think that we'd rather win ugly. Um, you know, I think that's the common thing. So uh, I think it tells you a lot about our team. Is this who we are offensively? We want to improve. We want to get better. We want to have rhythm. But ultimately in the NFL, it's about winning games. Um, it doesn't matter how you do it. It just matters that you get it done. If you put up 50 points and you lose a game, those 50 points don't mean anything. That's an excellent point. And that's exactly the right thing for him to say. Would you rather be the Dallas Cowboys now? who scored a trillion points 
and are sitting at two and four? Or would you rather be the Bears, who have left a lot to be desired on the offensive side of the football and are sitting at five and one? I know they haven't beaten a murderer's row. Do you know who they've beaten? They've beaten the teams on their schedule. That's who they've beaten. They've beaten the teams that were scheduled to play them. No more, no less. So where does it go from here for the Bears? Their defense is excellent, and I believe will get better. Their offense will get better because their quarterback has a history of being streaky. And so far, we've seen bad foals. It's been a while since we've seen good foals. We're going to get it. Good foals is coming. Now, the schedule is going to get rough. They go to Los Angeles to play the Rams next Monday night. Then they get New Orleans, then Tennessee. So they're going to have a chance to prove it. But the Bears are 5-1. and one. All they need to do is win one of those three games between at Rams, home Saints, at Titans. If they win one of those games, they make the playoffs. Then they get Minnesota, then they're by. They still have the Lions, they still have the Texans, they still have the Vikings twice, the Jaguars. Bears are going to wind up winning 10 games if everything goes wrong. So if you think the Bears are not a contender, in my opinion, you couldn't be further off. Next up, let's hear from Aaron Rodgers. He's had an incredible season. He and his team got dominated yesterday. They looked bad in Tampa. He throws one pick six at the beginning of the game, and it just starts going, getting away from him. They opened that game up, up 10-0. And as you, if you're watching it, you were thinking, they don't look like they're clicking yet, but they're ahead 10-0. The Buccaneers had done nothing offensively early in that game. And I'm thinking, if I'm Green Bay, I like where I'm sitting. And the next thing you know, the ball is going back the other direction into Rodgers' end zone. And then two passes later, it gets picked again. What universe are we living in? And they went from 10-0 up to 14-10 down in the blink of an eye. And then it was 28-10 at halftime. And they got handled yesterday by Tampa. Here was Aaron Rodgers after the game. Yeah, I mean, I feel good about the team, Bill. Might need to add an extra finger to the scotch. But uh, I do feel good about the team. You know, I've played for so long. uh, You know, you're going to have a couple stinkers. And that was a stinker. And it was the kind of stinker that makes you wonder about all the things you had seen before. Because the one thing that Green Bay couldn't do last year was compete with the really good defenses. So if you look at their losses last year, they got pounded by the 49ers twice. They got beat up by the Chargers. They only lost three games last year in the regular season. Four if you include the playoff game. So they had a great record last year, and they will have a great record this year too. But when they go up against Tampa, and I will repeat this from last week, Brady and Rodgers have never met in the playoffs, of course, because they've always played in different conferences. But they do have the record for most times of quarterbacks both being in the postseason in the same year without ever meeting in the Super Bowl. They've been in the playoffs the same year nine times. They'll be there again this year. I think that Green Bay's path to Tampa is going to go through Tampa, which is to say to get to the Super Bowl, which is being played in Tampa, they will have to beat Tampa. And having watched that game yesterday, does anyone think they're going to do that? I do not. One guy who took his shot back at the media yesterday was right, even though we were right too. Greeny, the podcast. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny back with you. And every week, my friends at Mercedes-Benz Vans ask me to choose someone who went the extra mile this weekend. And so for today, I've chosen Derek Henry. Not only did he run about a mile on that 94-yard touchdown run, how can anyone be that big, strong, and fast at the same time? But I genuinely think in a league where no running back has been the MVP in a long time, he's going to get some consideration. Now, I have his quarterback coming on live in about 45 minutes. Ryan Tannehill will be here. And there are some who are going to start campaigning for Tannehill to be in the MVP of the league. And rightfully so. He's playing great. But the question is, who's actually the most valuable player on that team? Is it the quarterback because of the running back, or is it the running back because of the quarterback? Either way, Henry has gone the extra mile, despite having played one fewer game than a lot of other teams have. Derrick Henry leads the league in rushing by 99 yards. He's run for 588 yards this year. Dalvin Cook is second in the league at 489. There's no question that Derrick Henry has gone the extra mile. Going the extra mile brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. All right, I told you one guy fired back on the media yesterday, and I liked it, even though the media had been absolutely right. After his team went down big to Cincinnati and the Colts looked like they were just a complete disaster, Their quarterback, Phillip Rivers, said he'd heard everybody writing him off, and he took some pleasure in it. Here was Phillip Rivers yesterday. And then I don't know all you guys yet. I haven't got to shake all you guys' hand and talk to you guys yet either. So I I, I made the decision last week. I'm going to read. I want to read what they wrote. And 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 look, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, you grow over sixteen years. You know, you know with the guys. You know, and you're like, shoot, that comes with it. You stink it up. They better write. You know, Rivers better get with it. You expect it. I don't know you guys. So it was just, it was interesting for me this week. I, I, I went back and forth, and I said, "Dead going, I'm going to find them." And uh, not to be motivation, not to anything. I, like, I just kind of want to see. You know what? I don't, I don't, I don't know you guys' person, personality stuff wise. So I, I felt like all you guys are pretty dang honest. And uh, so uh, I'm not going to look to, to read it this week because I, I don't – shoot, I feel like I'm the same guy I was last Sunday night. Just played a, played a heck of a lot better. Okay. So, you know, we talked about doing a feature on this show at one time called Greeny Hears It for the First Time or whatever we were going to do. I, I will admit I hadn't heard that one yet. 
And that was not what I was expecting it to be. We just heard that one for the first time together. And you know what? I changed my mind. I liked it a lot. Now, I've always liked Rivers. Philip Rivers is someone I, many, many years ago I met, and, and, and I like him a lot, and he has had a Hall of Fame career, and I think he's been a great player a long time, and I think he's a good guy. I will admit, I'm one of the many who has believed for some time now that the time has come for him, and yesterday did not change my mind. They, if they had lost that game yesterday, I think they, even if Frank Reich doesn't acknowledge it, that might have been time to start considering going to Jacoby Brissett. Rivers did. He flung it all over the yard in the second half, and he got it back in it, and they won a game against, you know, a bad team in Cincinnati. I still don't think the Colts are playing as well as they should, and the reason for that is that their quarterback just isn't what he was. But I liked everything he said there. I th- actually, I think it's impossible not to like what he said there. All right, Phillip Rivers and the Colts there. A Monday Night Football doubleheader tonight. Bills, Chiefs. I like Kansas City. Buffalo really gets the short end of the stick here. They had to play Tuesday, and now they turn around and play this game. So back-to-back short week. They play the short week, and then they have another short week. you got to play Kansas City on a short week. Doesn't work out well for them. This will be the last game the Chiefs play without Le'Veon Bell, in theory. He's not eligible to play because he hasn't been there long enough. There's a coronavirus protocol. But I just think the Chiefs are too good. The Chiefs are the better team. The Bills, I think, had a good weekend, whatever happens, because the Patriots lost a game they shouldn't have lost and looked really bad doing it. But I think the Chiefs win that game tonight. And then Cardinals-Cowboys, the over-under on that game really should start with an eight. I, I don't see any way in the world these teams don't wind up scoring 80 points between them. If everything goes right, I'm not sure the Cardinals don't score 80 points all by themselves. So I like the, the, uh, the Cardinals to win tonight. They will beat the Cowboys the way everyone beats the Cowboys. In a high-scoring game where Dallas's defense can't do anything, and they just need to find one stop and they can't make it. And the other team makes one stop or the quarterback makes one mistake or something like that happens and Arizona winds up winning it, something in the neighborhood of 41-40. to 40. With that in mind, I mentioned that if they should lose tonight, if the Cowboys should lose tonight, then the questions will start to become, is the NFC East the worst division ever? If the Cowboys lose tonight, that will be a division that has five total wins through six games. Well, here's the number that Nuno just sent me. We'll make this uh, for today. The fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. If the Cowboys lose, it'll be the third time since the realignment in 2002 where all four teams in a division had losing records through week six. It happened in the AFC North in 2002. It happened in the NFC North in 2005. And it will happen here. Well, it's going to happen here. No, they would be 500 if they win tonight. So, yes, if the Cowboys lose tonight, it'll be the third time ever. At some point, we'll start talking about whether they're the worst division ever or not. Coming up next, the one bright spot for me as a fan and Dan Orlovsky Live, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.